welcome to Moki's Birth School Online. Our free classes cover all aspects of pregnancy, birth and beyond, with experts who can answer all of your questions. Classes will take place twice a week, but you will also be able to discuss any subject on Moki's Helping Mums Facebook group. You will also be able to listen back to each session on this podcast. Do get in touch if you have any comments or questions. Please email us, helpingmums at moki.eu. In this episode, Shakira Akabusi, otherwise known as Strong Like Mum, talks about fitness in pregnancy. I'm founder of Strong Like Mum and I, Strong Like Mum is an online campaign, it's also now a podcast and I basically set this up because I really wanted to help to empower women during their pre and postnatal journey. So for me, my outlet is fitness, but it's not purely just about that fitness aspect for me being you know physically active transcends through all areas of my life so it allows me to feel confident and strong in in so many other ways so hopefully what I can share with you today I will be sharing of course my fitness expertise about specific issues to do with pre and postnatal training but also I would I would love it if everyone left here feeling really empowered by by the message sort of that I want to promote um I think for me I don't know it's obviously really difficult for me. I don't know the individual people here and I don't know how far along you are in your gestation. But for me during pregnancy, in terms of fitness, I was always told of all the things I'd never do again. As soon as I got pregnant, everyone was like, oh, well, you'll never sleep again. You'll never be as fast. You'll never have time for yourself. All these things. And to me, it almost felt as though people were saying, you can't, I couldn't be myself and be a good mother. And to me, you know fitness is part of who I am and I thought this just can't this can't be right and I've had two children now and I'm now pregnant with twins and it's been the complete opposite experience I've I've never felt as empowered as I have as a mother to of course your children become your priority but I think in a way having your own goals and showing my children that they can achieve whatever goals they set their mind to as well it's just a really positive thing so fitness has been a really positive influence in my pregnancy and my parenting journey so I think I think that's all really important um, I was really shocked when I was first pregnant in my first uh, which was about almost six years ago now that only five roughly five to six percent of fitness industry professionals are trained in pre and postnatal fitness which is extremely low considering that there's a huge population of women that are at some stage in their life going to be pre or postnatal so I was really surprised by that um, statistic and you know I decided to train myself and I've been working for almost a decade now as a pre and postnatal trainer and as I said it's something I'm really passionate about there are just so many benefits of course we know that exercise you know releases endorphins or maybe maybe we don't know but it does it releases endorphins and it helps us to it, it boosts our mood it lowers stress it can also reduce any aches and pains that we might be feeling during pregnancy but it also has some, some real benefits in terms of reducing the risk of some medical implications that can happen pre or postnatally. So there's just so many benefits, as well as it rolling on to our pre-pregnancy and our pregnancy fitness can have a direct impact into our postnatal recovery. So all of that, um, super important. I'm going to basically the way I've structured this talk is to talk through some of my most frequently asked questions. I thought that would be the most beneficial to everyone. If I talk through my most frequently asked questions and just share my expertise. And if any questions come up, I, I'm not going to look too much at the questions just now, but at the end, I will definitely follow up with any questions people have. 
Um, but before, before I get to that, I'm just going to very briefly run you through some of the main considerations, things that I would be aware of. So the very base foundations that I would consider people need to know about prenatal and postnatal fitness. And then I'll go into more detail about specific issues um, a little bit later on. So firstly, I would say things that you really need to be aware of is your pre-pregnancy fitness level. That's kind of number one. It plays a massive impact. I, it has a massive impact on how you approach your pregnancy training. So, so many people will see my workouts that I post on Instagram and they'll say, well, what, what weights are you using? Or how long do I do that for? Or how many reps? And the, the most boring answer is, it's going to depend on you and your pregnancy and you've got to listen to your own body. People don't really like that response, but it is really true. It's so individual. So, and your pre-pregnancy fitness level is a part of that. So that's always something you want to consider. For some women, pregnancy is the first time they've thought about being physically active. They've thought to themselves, oh, you know, I've got, I'm growing a baby. I want to do what's healthiest for this baby that I'm growing and fitness becomes one of the things that they really want to engage with when they haven't necessarily before. So I would train those clients completely differently to women who are already really accustomed to training in whether it's the gym or outside or at home, or they're used to lifting weights. You've really got to be aware of the, everyone's starting point because it's going to be different. In general, in terms of the amount of exercise you should be doing in pregnancy, roughly it's, we have different governing bodies and it ranges from sort of recommendations of one and a half hours to two and a half hours a week. But again, because it's so unique to people, I prefer to work in intensity. So I would say if you're exercising three times a week, let's say for half an hour, what's, what I would be really careful with in my clients is the intensity to which they're working. So I would always recommend not working above your 70% maximum effort at that time. So when you are 12 weeks or 24 weeks or 38 weeks, your 100% is going to feel completely different. And it's 70% of whatever you're feeling, and, and not just through the trimesters, but particularly on a particular day. So I would say to be really aware of how you're feeling that day and to not really push. You don't want to be working to exhaustion in pregnancy. It's not a time where we're going to really push our boundaries and just you know be sweating buckets so we want to make sure that we're not going near that exhaustion level i would also always recommend low impact exercises during pregnancy so for anyone who's not sure what low impact means it basically means one foot always remains on the floor so even something like running where you might think you it's a one leg at a time exercise there's actually a point during running where both your feet are off the floor. So you want to make sure that for low impact exercise, you've always got a stabilizing, rooting uh, leg down on the floor that's going to help you uh, and reduce that, that impact. That's also really important. Um, and again, another point I would mention, just one of those base foundations would be flexibility, which, I mean, it gets flexibility and stretching gets overlooked all the time in fitness programs in general, but in particular for prenatal women, that's something we want to be aware of. For me in particular, I'm always careful with hamstring, tight hamstrings. Um, often I'll have women coming to me with lower back pain or sciatica-like pain. And that a massive part of that will be, will be stretching. I'm gonna talk a little bit later about how our posture can affect our exercise training in pregnancy. But 
being able to stretch across the chest so that we can get a, you know, a more efficient uh, breath in is really important. Stretching the hamstrings, stretching the glutes, all of that becomes really important in pregnancy. So those are kind of the base layer foundations, I would say, of being what you need to be aware of when training during pregnancy and immediately afterwards. Um, you also want to be careful to not overstress your core and your joints. I'm going to start in a minute when I roll into my frequently asked questions with a little bit of talk and a little bit of insight into how our pregnancy hormones can play a role in how we need to adapt our exercise program. And that is something that's really crucial before you start exercising is understanding that. And part of that is gonna change how our body, how our core and how our joints can carry load. So we want to be aware of that when we're doing any form of exercise, whether that's weight training, body weight exercises at all. So I will, I will go into more detail, but just to say that we want to be aware of that. And finally, overheating and dehydration. So important in pregnancy. Again, I'll touch on this when I mention hormones, but being aware of not overheating, not reaching that exertion point where you are over exercising during pregnancy. We really want to be aware of that. So I'm aware I've just thrown loads of stuff out there. I will clarify everything and go into a little bit more detail, but those are kind of the starting points. Finally, before I touch on those frequently asked questions, I wanted to just have a little mention for maternal mental health and prenatal mental health. I'm a big advocate and supporter of mental health for women going through pregnancy. For me, exercise was a massive um, coping strategy for mental health. I suffered with, well, I suffered with OCD anyway, but then in pregnancy, I suffered with prenatal OCD. Um, and exercise was a big way in which I was able to relax and calm down. And I, so often it's seen as one of those little things that might not really work, but, you know, I am living proof of how, what an impact that can have on your mental health and how positive it can be. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, again, it will come up throughout the, the talk, but I just did want to make a special mention about that for anybody that feels like they might be struggling, whether it's, a you know, there's obviously a, a big scale when we're talking about mental health, whether it's mild or it's more extreme, exercise is going to be really beneficial for many reasons. But that's something that I think we need to also always take into consideration. So I'm going to check the questions. No, good. Okay, I'm going to move on to my frequently asked questions. As I said, if you've got any questions that come up, feel free to write them down, but I'll, I'll try to touch on them at the end. And I will try to stay aware of the time because I do love to just chat. So let me touch on hormones, pregnancy hormones. I'm gonna start with some prenatal questions and I'll get to the postnatal ones a little bit later. Um, so one of the first hormones I think we need to be aware of is relaxin. Um, it's a hormone that is produced around two weeks after conception and it continues to increase throughout pregnancy and up until about five months postpartum. And if you're a breastfeeding mother, then it would be five months after you stop breastfeeding. So that's a long time for this hormone to be in our system. And the, the primary function of this hormone is to relax the ligaments in and around the pelvis to prepare the body for labor. But our body can't actually regulate 
exactly where this hormone is going to kick in, which means that all the joints in our body become slightly more unstable and slightly looser. So when we're talking about fitness, it becomes really important to be aware of this in terms of if you're lifting anything, and, and to be honest, not just fitness, in general life, we need to be, if you've got other children and you're lifting them into a car seat, you need to be aware of the fact that your shoulders might, your shoulder joints are gonna be compromised due to this hormone. So that's something we really want to be aware of and just managing the range of motion. So rather than just flinging our arms out really fast, we want to make sure that we're always gonna really control that range of motion and being aware of not overstretching our joints. So relaxing is really key. Another one. So estrogen has so many fantastic benefits throughout pregnancy. For example, it helps our body prepare to produce breast milk and it increases our breast size as part of that. But that can also often mean that we're rounding at the shoulders. Um, posture is huge in pregnancy because it can, because we're talking about a, a substantial period of time for your posture to be affected. And with the growing bump, our center of gravity shifts slightly during pregnancy. And all of these things they can cause, again, if you've got round shoulders, it's gonna cause tightness in the chest. If you're postnatal and you're breastfeeding, you, you're gonna be in this position more. And again, you're gonna feel tightness in the chest and you're gonna feel, uh, what we want to be doing is focusing on really strengthening the upper back muscles. So I'm not gonna to get too technical. If anyone really wants me to be technical later, then I will, I'm happy to do that. But you know, rotator cuff muscles, our uh, trapezius muscles, our lats. We really want to work on all the muscles there in the upper back, pulling that back and stretching across the chest. Um, we really, again, we want to make sure that we are, I mean, stretching is huge. I'm gonna to touch on that later, but just so we're aware with estrogen and how that affects our posture, that's really key. Progesterone is another one. So fantastic hormone, it helps to thicken the uterus and helps us sustain pregnancy, but it can cause women to overheat. So we want to make sure that, as I said earlier on, make sure we stay hydrated and we stay cool, whether that's wearing loose fitting clothing or exercising outdoors, timing, you know, on a day like today, you do not want to be exercising outside in the midday heat. You might want to exercise at seven o'clock in the morning or you might want to exercise at five o'clock at night. But trying to be aware of, of your increased body temperature through pregnancy. Finally, one of the hormones that plays a role is HCG. So it's one, it's one of the hormones that many women are um, become aware of very early in pregnancy because it gives us morning sickness. If you're like me, I, can, I actually can barely talk about morning sickness. Well, I'll go through that a bit quickly. But <laughs> um, it's, yeah, I suffered really badly with morning sickness um, and, it, and it's due to this hormone, but everyone's going to react to this hormone differently. So some women don't suffer so much with morning sickness. The reason I've put this in here in terms of exercise is actually just to say every woman is unique. You should take each day as it comes. And if in that early stage of pregnancy, you just really can't get yourself to get outside and do your workout, release the expectation. There is like, when it comes to exercise and pregnancy, I think we're looking at a maintenance program. We're looking at, at all the other health benefits. We're not looking to hit it hard and get that bikini body or whatever everyone else is talking about. Um, 
there's there's so many more important things about exercise always but in particular in that pre and postnatal period so it's just something that you might want to be aware of that if you don't feel up to it try again another day it's not uh, in my first trimester i was flat out i don't think i did a thing for about three months so you know everyone's going to be different and just take your time um those are kind of the main hormones that i wanted to touch on i'm going to check the questions okay cool i can see some questions coming through i will get to those at the end um i'm going to move on to another frequently asked question which i'm often really asked about core training in pregnancy um now i'm very aware of the time and i cannot believe it's already been 20 minutes i feel like we need three hours don't worry i won't keep you here for three hours um, but let me just briefly talk you through the core in pregnancy. So there are four layers of your abdominal muscles. So often we hear a lot about the rectus abdominis and people, you know, become really obsessed with diastasis recti, which we can, again, I will touch on later and the separation of that rectus abdominis during pregnancy. But actually there are so many different layers. So we've got those, those deep core, the pelvic floor muscle. We've then got the inner layer of your abdominals, which is the transverse abdominus, and it sort of wraps around your core, yeah, like a wraparound. Um, and it's worked mainly with static holds, static contractions. So, you know, um, the plank or the half plank, for example, that's a way that we're gonna really target the transverse abdominus. And it's a really great stabilizing muscle that's gonna help us stabilize our core. Um, outside of your transverse abdominus or your TVA, you've got your internal obliques and your external obliques, which are almost like, um, you know, they, they come in from the sides and they're the one, your, your oblique muscles are going to be the ones that almost like give us a waist, that, that, that muscle. Um, and then on the outside, we've got the rectus abdominis muscles, which have the linear alba down the midline. Uh, which is sort of a fibrous sheath. And as your bump grows in pregnancy, your rectus abdominis is going to separate out to the side as your bump grows via the linear alba. So there's no ripping of abdominal muscles that happens at all. When you are training your core in pregnancy, which you absolutely can do, I would not recommend a full core session. So sometimes I have people asking me, can you do like a half an hour core workout for pregnancy? And I would, I would just never recommend doing a half an hour core focus session in pregnancy. However, there are specific core exercises you can do as part of a wider workout. And there's also, um, and, and, and also your core is, is challenged in every single exercise. We should also always be engaging our core. So it's important that we remain aware of that. Um, when we are talking about the core in pregnancy, predominantly it's the pelvic floor and the transverse abdominus that we want to be targeting. And the first thing I would do with clients, and it's, it's going to be very difficult because I'm aware that with time and just in the setup, I'm not going to be demonstrating specific exercises, but working on using your breath to engage and create um, coordination and synergy between your pelvic floor and your transverse abdominus. So there are there's so many exercises, but something, for example, like if you're in the four point kneeling position, so you're on your hands and knees and you're going to take a, a deep breath in. And as you exhale, you're going to work on engaging that pelvic floor muscle using your breath. So a great way to target your pelvic floor is if you're using a sound as opposed to just if you use a sound, 
and really hug your baby in towards your spine. And that's going to be, that's already going to be targeting your pelvic floor and your transverse abdominis. If you're, if uh, it's really difficult to, because I can't demonstrate, but, but yes, you can. The exercises you uh, train your core in pregnancy, the exercises you want to avoid are those traditional ab exercises like crunches, um, you know, uh, all, all those types of things, sit-ups. Those are the things you want to avoid in pregnancy. Um, but you absolutely can train your core and there are specific exercises for that. I am really scared of the time, but I'm going to, to touch on weight training and exercise, which again, I am asked so often. Weight training, but also can you lift weights overhead? Yes, you absolutely can lift weights in pregnancy. Um, when it comes to weight training, it's, that is one of those things where your pre-pregnancy fitness level is going to be really relevant. Um, I've, I am a fan of the gym and I have gone to the gym for years. So for me, I was, I was able, particularly that first trimester, to continue the majority of my exercises that I was already doing. If you're new to weight training, it doesn't mean you can't do it, but you're certainly going to want to work a, with a pre and postnatal specialist who's going to understand those physiological changes that you're going through. But also you want to be aware of, as I said, relaxing and how that's going to play a role in our joints and not lift too heavy. So I'm definitely not going to get a massive barbell and lift it over my head. When it comes to weight training overhead in particular, there are debates about this. There, in the industry, everyone debates about this. For me personally, I'm a big fan of functional training, so, um, which means training women for everyday activities. So I have two children, I am constantly lifting them into car seats and I'm lifting the washing basket or I'm getting something down from a cupboard. So um, it's unrealistic to imagine that I would never be lifting a weight above my head height. Um, but, but in saying that, you do want to be careful. So the, the two main uh, concerns with lifting weight overhead is that it can increase your blood pressure but also it can have an effect on your posture so now I'm in my third trimester with twins I'm 33 weeks pregnant today actually 33 weeks pregnant and I'm noticing now that if I'm lifting weights and I go to lift overhead I'm compromising uh, a lot of my posture so I'll feel it in my lower back and I'm straining and my my bump has grown now so that I and my center of gravity has shifted too much and it doesn't feel comfortable. So I'm no longer lifting overhead. Some women may be able to continue for my first few pregnancies. I certainly was lifting weights for far longer than I have been this time. Um, so it is possible, but I think you need to be aware of how it's going to affect your, your, uh, how your body is affected throughout your pregnancy specific to you and also your pre-pregnancy fitness level but certainly being aware of not lifting too heavy and the range of motion um, and always only lifting overhead for a short period of time. So we don't want to hold anything overhead. So those are all things to consider. Um, I could talk for hours, but let me just in the last like five, 10 minutes, touch on a few postnatal questions. Um, I said I was gonna touch on diastasis recti, which I am asked about all the time, which is that separation of the abdominals. Um, so we've already talked about the four different layers of abdominal muscles that, that you have. So you've got well, your deep pelvic floor, then you've got your transverse abdominus, internal obliques, external obliques, and then your rectus abdominis. And it's the rectus abdominal muscles, uh, abdominus muscles that are separated. 
Now, every single woman in pregnancy is going to have a form of separation because everyone in pregnancy is growing a bump. So that your abdominal muscles are going to separate down, down the midline, uh, down the linear alba. Diastasis recti, I think in pregnancy, the most important thing to be aware of is um, if you've got a really large bump, or me, for example, now with the twins, that four-point kneeling position that I mentioned earlier, which is really, um, it's considered a safe position in pregnancy to exercise in, and it can be quite comfortable for many women. And I never struggled with it in my first pregnancies. However, this time, I'm now noticing that if I'm in that four-point kneeling position, there's just a lot of extra pressure weighing down and I can actually feel that pressure pushing onto that midline where my rectus abdominal muscles have separated. So I'm no longer comfortable with that position. So I'm adapting my exercise again to just remove that out of, out of my workouts. So that's probably um, the main consideration I would say when with that during pregnancy. However, um, postnatally, people become obsessed with the gap, the gap, the gap, we need the gap to come back together. And we live in a time where everyone's obsessed with the gap. Now, yes, it is important to measure that gap and to be aware of it. Um, roughly, it's considered anything that is two centimeters or, or lower is considered something that we can work with with exercise and that will come back together with sort of exercise prescription. Anything that's two centimeters or wider after a few weeks so you want to give yourself until your six eight week check you know let your body naturally heal itself anything that's wider than two centimeters after that point is something where you might want to then revisit with your doctor or your or your midwife or your medical team to have to, to do a little bit more investigation into why that is if you have a gap of two centimeters or less yes the gap is important and we're going to try to do exercises that are going to help us to repair that. But it's also really important um, to know that, as I've just stated, all those different layers of abdominals, uh, of our abdominals, that it's not just about the gap. It's also about how functional the support network is around that and how well our core can still transfer and carry load with that. So that would be called functional diastasis. So I, for example, ever since I had my first child, um, have always had a, about a one centimeter gap and it never closed, but I was able to really train my transverse abdominus to help stabilize my core. So I was still able to transfer a lot of load um, and continue with a normal exercise program after that. There are so many exercises to, that, that become important. But again, I would start with that breath work. So what you, the first thing you want to do is create synergy between your pelvic floor and your transverse abdominals and get them talking to each other so that they are functioning correctly. Then we're going to start to progress exercises that are going to challenge our transverse abdominals a little bit more. Um, it's also important that we make all these exercises functional. So we don't just want to sit there doing Kegel exercises, which certainly have their place, but we want to make sure that we are going to progress into exercises that are going to help us in everyday life and to help us lift correctly and transfer that load through our everyday activities. I would also uh, mention that it's not just in pregnancy when you can experience diastasis or um, there are lots of other contributing factors. So your external obliques, for example, um, have an attachment point that actually can 
exacerbate the issues. If you've got overactive obliques and people, it, it, when I was younger, everyone used to, it used to be something everyone was really excited about to have this like V shape um, from, your, from your oblique muscles. It used, everyone used to be like, oh wow, she's got the V shape. Um, but that can signify overactive obliques. And if you have that, that can also um, slow down the recovery from diastasis because it can, your, with your overactive obliques, they're going to be pulling um, outwards. So it's really important that we are just aware of that. Again, I have overactive obliques, so it's definitely possible to still recover and have um, a really healthy, functioning, efficient core. It's just something to be aware of. Um, I will touch on one more of my many, many questions that I have here. Um, I get asked a lot about exercise and breastfeeding. So does exercise negatively impact breastfeeding? So on this, I would say exercise will not negatively impact breast milk supply on its own. So things, what you might realize is if you're dehydrated, and you're exercising and you're not staying hydrated, that can affect the supply of your breast milk. Um, tiredness, stress, they all have a big impact. But exercise alone is not going to negatively impact breast milk supply. What it can do is slightly alter the content of breast milk. Um, and that's in two ways. So it can, if you're exercising to high intensity exercise, there can be an increase in lactic acid. I'm talking now in the postnatal period, it's certainly not the immediate postnatal period. You want to build up slowly. So we're not going to high intensity exercise straight away. Um, but some women can breastfeed for many years. So there can be an increase in lactic acid. Both uh, alongside that, the other thing that may occur is that there's a decrease in something called your IgA levels, which is, it plays a role in immunity, uh, something that's a, a, a component of breast milk. However, uh, there's a decrease in that. However, with both these things, they'll be fully replenished within 90 minutes and there's no harmful effects to the baby. So it's, it would, I, I think in terms of exercise and breastfeeding, the things that are most important is getting a good spot, sports bra. Um, I've tried the whole wearing two sports bras and it is, does not work you just can't really breathe properly get a breath and it's horrible so invest in a good sports bra some women prefer to express before they exercise which can be make it more comfortable anyway to exercise but also you then have the express note which you could use to give yourself that 90 minutes post exercise before you can then nurse your baby again um so that's something you might want to consider staying hydrated super important and as i said that will all be replenished within 90 minutes um there is so much stuff i could talk about um i've got so many more things written i could just keep talking for hours um but i will stop it there and i will go through some of um the questions here I, Susie, am I okay? If, if I'm not all right to just carry on, shall I carry on? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I think we've got a few questions there. So maybe I don't answer some of the questions and then we can go back to maybe if you want to add on some more bits. Okay. Yeah, whatever you want to do, really. Okay, dope. Okay, I'm a retired athlete. My muscles have, oh yeah, particularly due to lockdown. I started lifting weights again. I was in the best shape of my life, frankly, so long as I'm not in pain, it's okay to do up until delivery. Uh, are you talking about lifting? I'm assuming that you are referring to lifting weights in pregnancy. I think I've now answered that question. Um, 
yeah, I think um, I think if you if you're if you're used to lifting weights, then absolutely you can continue. But I think I've touched on um, I think I've touched on uh, what I mentioned there about how you will need to really monitor a the range of movement during your pregnancy, and also you might want to adapt the lifting overhead as your trimesters progress. Um, everything I've also said is provided that there are no complications in the pregnancy. So you always need to check with your medical team that you're cleared for exercise before you engage in any exercise pre or postnatally. Um, but as long as you're cleared for exercise in pregnancy, then absolutely you, you're able to continue weight training. Hopefully that answers that. If it hasn't, then just write again and I'll clarify that further. Okay, are squats, kneeling and bending okay in the third trimester? Kneeling and bending. I guess you just mean squats. Hopefully I'm answering this question. Um, yes, squats are absolutely okay in the third trimester. So they're brilliant, in fact. Like labour, <laughs> I always go to say labour doesn't happen lying on your back. But for me, I had the epidural twice, so I, I don't know any different. But labour doesn't just happen lying on your back. And there are loads of positions that women like to move and adapt and have that really mobile labor that can be really beneficial so absolutely having strong um legs and glutes is going to be super beneficial so yes you can i would say um you need to be aware of maybe not squatting so low because you, you have this because your bump has grown you have a shift in your center of gravity so it's going to be harder for you to get the correct alignment with your knees and um, sitting your bum back and getting that correct postural alignment maintaining that technique in the squat as you move on through pregnancy. So I would maybe not sink so low into your squats, um, but absolutely squats are a, a brilliant exercise. I would say in your third trimester, it's also, I know I touched on stretching, but it's also really important that you, um, that we stretch, that we also learn to relax. A, I can't imagine what it would be like going into labor if I already had sore muscles from a workout. That is one complication I do not need. Like I'm, labor is going to be enough of a workout. I do not need to have um, dom, a delayed onset of muscle soreness in pregnancy. So that's something and to consider. You do want to take some time to rest. Um, and yeah, but, but, but squats are, are absolutely brilliant. Rest and stretch, but include that. Which position is that, the one we should avoid? I think that you are talking about when I mentioned the four point kneeling position. Um, and it's not one that you need to avoid. If it is that one, please say if I'm not, if I'm not um, answering the question, but you don't need to avoid the four point kneeling position. Many women continue it throughout their entire pregnancy. And I did with both of my first two pregnancies. It's just that because I can notice now with the increased size of my bump, the four point kneeling position I'm referring to is when you're on your hands, I can't really demonstrate, but if you're on your hands, if you're on your hands and, and then you can't, I can't, I can't demonstrate it. Hold on, let me see. No, I can't, I can't, I literally can't. There's no space, I'm at a table. But basically, if you're on your hands and knees, um, shoulder width apart, so your hands are shoulder width apart, your knees are hip width apart, and you're in that four point kneeling position, I just found that that was too much pressure on, uh, on the front of my um, abdominals to, for me to sustain at this later stage in pregnancy. I'm oh, just going to flag, that was so funny, but we should probably flag that we are going to be doing um, some recorded sessions with Shakira actually doing exercise. So they're going to be recorded and they'll be going out throughout July and August. Um, <laughs> yeah, but then 
that you'll actually be able to follow. And also you can follow Shakira does a lot on her Instagram anyway, so you can see her in action there. So I'll bust yeah. out. Okay, so, so basically don't do any more demonstrations, Shakira. It's <laughs> fantastic, it just made me laugh. Like that might be thinking, you know, we are actually doing them with you as well. So they can look forward to that as well. <laughs> Great, exactly. Um, okay, next one. Which part of our body are good to exercise during pregnancy to help with giving birth? Okay, so great question because i was going to talk about this and it's one of the things that i didn't talk about so thank you um so okay I, I we've talked about squats someone asked about them fantastic exercise um as i said to be honest i got really excited then but i've kind of already said it you want to um make sure that you also learn to relax and in particular your pelvic floor we get so obsessed with training the pelvic floor which is very very important but we also need to learn to breathe and relax our pelvic floor because pregnancy uh, labor is not just about holding on and holding on we also need to relax and let that baby descend so it's important that that becomes part of our exercise program um stretching super important as i said you do not want to go into labor when you've already got really tight muscles um in general pre or postnatal or anything muscles that are tight cannot work efficiently so if people never stretch they're actually not going to be getting that that full benefit out of out of any exercise on any muscle so you also really want to make sure that stretching becomes a part of your program um, and finally i would say actually mental preparation for labor which is really difficult because you can't really prepare for labor because who knows what's going to happen i don't know so it's going to be different for everyone you can have your birth plan but also being able to have that mental preparation of relaxing into i suppose the unknown um and knowing what it is that you would like and being being confident in that but also being able to adapt and go with the flow and hopefully exercise could even be um a way of you to learn to push boundaries um uh, not 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 sorry i don't mean um i don't mean like over over exercise what it means it can be a way for you to try new things and to realize that um you know you're strong and you're capable and you can take all that positivity out of everything you've achieved with that and transfer that into mentally preparing for labor and knowing that actually you're strong you're ready and you are capable so mm, so sad to leave to go to on a work call bye helen someone went to work that was sad um i'm 35 weeks pregnant not really fit before i'm trying to keep gardening Oh yeah, gardening is a workout. I just moved and got tiny vegetable patch and I'm like, I'm floored. Um, but once I'm down on the ground, I struggle to get back up. Is there any exercise help with this? I mean, right, Charlotte, I see you because gardening is it's new to me and whew, um, that is a workout in itself. Getting up and down, getting up and down in pregnancy is tough. You're 35 weeks pregnant. I think um, you can afford to just, uh, take your time getting up off the floor. Um, the, as I said, some, some people, it, uh, it's really difficult without knowing you specifically and without knowing um, a little bit of your exercise history and whether you have any carpal tunnel syndrome issues or whether you've got any pelvic girdle pain or it's really difficult for me to suggest exactly how you should get up without knowing any of these things. But um, take your time. And I think you, 35 weeks pregnant, you are nearly there you i mean gardening is great and if you can keep mobile and active then that is fantastic i think in my first pregnancies 
I probably, I was exercising until about three or four weeks before giving birth. So actually about 35 weeks is when I um, started to, to just work more on breathing, relaxing and stretching and everything that I've just mentioned there. So I would say you're in a fantastic place to even be doing what you're doing. And please send me gardening tips because my tomatoes are dying. Mm, moving on. What kind of exercise are good for the postpartum period? Okay, so postpartum um, exercise. Again, great question. They're so boring to say, but without knowing you, it's really difficult. That's what I'm saying. It's one of these frustrating things where, A, you have to know the woman and the pregnancy and a little bit of exercise history. But there is a certain amount that you, I mean, you know about yourself. And I think part of my job is to help give women the confidence to be able to understand their own body and trust their own instincts with their body. But um, immediate, the immediate postnatal period, I would always advise my clients to wait until their six to eight week check before engaging in any exercise. Um, so uh, saying that, one of the governing bodies, the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they recommend that you can start walking and pelvic floor exercises immediately after giving birth if labor is, and delivery are uncomplicated. I don't know if you are going to want to immediately push your baby out and be like, I must do my pelvic floors. Would you like to hold your child? Yes, but I must do them. Um, but if you want to, that is, is the recommendation. Um, what I would take from that is that it is um, when you're ready, the way to start is pelvic floor exercises um, and, and, and light aerobic exercise such as walking. So those are the first things that I would work on. When I'm training my clients, I think I said it throughout my talk, getting your pelvic floor to talk to your transverse abdominis, so important. And re reacquainting yourself with your new center of gravity now that you don't have that bump, um, we're gonna not have all that water and the baby growing inside us. So it, it takes a little bit, you need to give your body a little bit of time to naturally recover. And then I would start working on pelvic floor exercises, which initially I would do with breath work. Once I've done that, I would work on exercises that target the transverse abdominus, so that deeper inner layer of, the, of, of your abdominal muscles. And then once we've got, uh, you know, you really want to make sure that you've got those strong foundations with post, postnatal exercise. You don't want to rush into anything. It's not just about dropping the baby weight. You really want to make sure you have that strong foundations. A, to get us, you know, to get our bodies strong and, and recovered for any uh, pregnancies that we might want to have later on, but also so that we avoid injury just throughout our lives. So it's, I have some women coming to me who, you know, haven't had a child for 10, 12, 15 years, and I still have to train them as if they had a baby two weeks ago because they didn't do any of their two weeks ago, six weeks ago, they don't, they haven't been doing any of their um, core rehabilitation. They didn't have an efficient check on their, whether it's diastasis or their pelvic floor. So it's really important that you take that time, but then you can progress to things like um, squats or, you know, using, if you're going to use any type of equipment, the first thing, a resistance band is fantastic because it gives us something to work against. The immediate postnatal period, I would avoid any sort of hit training, impact training. I would still keep it low impact. And I would, um, again, I said, you really want to use your breath. It sounds like it's just this airy-fairy thing, but it really is real. You want to work on those slow, really focused exercises that are going to, uh, and using a resistance band, even just the simple action of 
pulling a resistance band. Take a deep inhale as you exhale. Working the pelvic floor, squeezing your belly, belly button in. That's all of that is the the kind of the first few things you want to do, and then you can progress that on. But without knowing you personally, I can't really give you any more than that. I'm really sorry. Um, this is great. Perfect. Um, four point kneeling, so that a cat yoga stretch, and they also advise it for labour on all fours, so that can contribute to separating abdominals. No, so it doesn't contribute to separating abdominals. No, that's not what I'm saying. All I was saying with that four point kneeling position is that your abdominals are going to have to separate during pregnancy in order for your bump to grow. In my first pregnant, first few pregnancies, singleton pregnancies, uh, I've had two other babies now. A absolutely fine. I did that position throughout pregnancy and it was just not a problem. However, for some women that um, have a really large bump or for example, like me this time, I'm carrying twins. So it's a multiple birth pregnancy. I've got a larger bump now at 33 weeks than I had with my singleton pregnancies. And I personally can feel when I'm in that position, that it's just not comfortable. It's, it's not going to exacerbate the issue or make it worse, but it's just not comfortable. And I can feel it putting extra pressure on my, um, on that linear alba where my abdominal muscles have separated and I'm not comfortable in that position anymore. So I'm scaling it back. So it's, it's not going to do anything terrible to you to be in that four point kneeling position. You can confidently continue that and you'll be absolutely fine. I have always done that. It's just a recent thing for me personally in this pregnancy that I've experienced. So please feel free to do that. Um, when that's a cat yoga stretch uh, with that, with the yoga stretch, if I, Oh no, cause I'm going to get up and demonstrate. So it's going to be really awkward again, but with the cat yoga stretch, you're also sort of, um, your arch and your back. We don't necessarily, when I'm talking about all the exercises that I mentioned there with the breath, I'm not talking about arching the back. If anything that you can do pelvic tilt exercises in that position, but I wouldn't tuck everything under and arch the back. It's not necessarily about that, but it is that four point kneeling position, but we're just gonna keep that neutral uh, spine and neutral hip position. So not necessarily that happening. What can you do after 37th week? Great question, but I'm going to be, I'm just going to be that really annoying person to say it completely depends on who you are. I mean, my, my children came not too long after the 37th week. So I, again, I would really advise taking time to stretch and rest, um, to give your body a chance to build up, you know, get all those good nutrients in because labor is, labor can take some Effort, can take some effort, takes a bit of effort that. Um, so you definitely want to give yourself some time to prepare for that mentally and physically and, and, and give your body the rest that it needs. You can absolutely still exercise if you feel like you want to. I would say maybe things like walking um, and that breath work that I was mentioning in that full, um, I've got, I have got a video on my Instagram. I don't want to plug it, but I have got, um, uh some exercises on there that are for third trimester so if you want to have a look at those then do it uh, i used to exercise four to five times a week then the first trimester through yeah yeah sorry i'm saying yes because i stopped reading the question because i'm just like i hear you here um extreme sleepiness and barely exercise as i improved i still tried to exercise one to two times a week mostly weights because cardio was making me have lots of breaths and hips contractions now with lockdown during the last trimester, I really lost motivation. Is this going to make it harder for me to labor? First time mum and I feel like I'm going into a marathon without having the cardio for her. Absolutely do not 
worry. Um, you so firstly your pre-pregnancy fitness level is it, it sounds incredible and that's going to really um stand by you also don't don't underestimate how much of a workout your body is doing growing a baby like that is enough okay you're already doing great you're growing a human um it's great that you got back into some form of exercise while you were in pregnancy that's fantastic um, certainly the right thing to do just to pull it back with those Braxton Hicks that's something I've experienced as well um, so I've had to pull it back due to that um, no it's not going to make it harder for you to labour I think you're doing the absolute best thing by listening to your body as I said it's, it's the most it it's, can be a frustrating answer to get and what's so difficult about it is you have to have a certain amount of confidence to learn to listen to your body and read its signals that is why you would connect with someone who is an exercise professional. So if you've got, if anyone here has any questions they want to ask me personally on Instagram or whatever, then we can definitely get into that more, but you're doing exactly the right thing. You've got to listen to your body and um, no, you, you definitely need to rest. That is the end of the question. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. It was so interesting. All those um, terms coming back to me from, a level yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scary yeah that was fantastic and as i said um this is all being recorded so it will go on the um the mocky podcast and i would like really go and look while pregnant at the moment so it's totally totally relevant for this audience and as i said um shakira has been very kind is going to um record us to get put out throughout july and august so you guys can keep fit with Shakira and Moki as well, which will be really fun to do. And then I'm sure we will get Shakira back after that with her twins and talking about post, yeah. post baby yeah. at one point. Um, but yeah, she'll be busy doing some, doing some classes for us. And yeah, head over to Shakira's um, account because it's got so much on. So Shakira, what's your account handle, your IG account handle? You can find me on Instagram at shakira.akabusi. Oh, it comes up as Martin. Sorry, it comes up as my married name. I know. It's at Shakira.akabusi, but you can also search Strong Like Mum. And um, if you search for Strong Like Mum, you'll see the Strong Like Mum UK account, which is kind of the business account, which is under renovation. Uh, but you'll also see my account come up. So, so either one is great. If you want to talk to me, I'm at Shakira.akabusi, or you can visit www.stronglikemum.com and then you can connect with me from there. Perfect. That was so good. Thank you so much, Shakira. Right, thank you so I feel much like we could be doing that one again at one point because there was so much information there. And I think obviously a lot of people are out enjoying the sunshine. So we probably would have had. So I reckon we can probably book that one in again when post baby when you've got some time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I literally probably got through about half the things. I love to talk. So anytime mm -hmm. you want to have me back, I am happy to chat. But thank you for having me here today. Thank you. No, um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll see you when you, uh, when you record these, um, these sessions for us and we'll post them out. Perfect. Sounds good. Have a good uh, rest of the weekend, everyone. You too, guys. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for listening. And for more information on the next class, please visit our website or email us, helpingmums at moki.eu. Thank you.